Today I'm speaking to someone who has with her the wisdom of nearly a hundred years. Someone who has seen life in the pre-independence years as a freedom fighter, felt the agony and ecstasy of the independence and is now seeing the world transition towards a technology era. To be able to interview someone with so much experience is a privilege and a gift. Her energy and fervor is contagious. Even at 95, she's so engaged, active and articulate as she shares and recalls the joys of life. She continued driving a car till she was 90. Now a daughter and son-in-law drive her. Though given a chance, even today, I'm sure she would like to sneak the car out herself. A Bengali lady from Calcutta lived through over 20 countries across the globe and now settled in Chennai for many years. My guest for today, Supriya Cherian, endearingly called Didu. A nonagenarian and we all pray will be a centenarian. Good morning, Didu. Thank you so much for connecting. How to lead a healthy body and a healthy mind to live a long and happy life. That's the fundamental of this podcast. It's called I Am Fit. Well, uh, for me, I feel it is better to forgive everybody, whether they have wronged you very badly or not. So if you forgive everybody, you don't have to remember who has uh, insulted you or who has hurt you. And then you want to give them, a, teach them a lesson. But I don't like to teach anyone any lesson for misbehaving with me. I want to forgive and forget. And that is the reason I think, I think so uh, for my long life. And I, I only feel, uh, I pray to God that all the young people will also have a sort of my mind so that they won't carry on their grudges against their parents or against their elders, against their friends. That's lovely. You've traveled, I think, over 20 countries is what uh, your daughter tells me. So uh, tell us some experiences in terms of your food habits. How did you manage uh, your diet, food across so many continents and countries and you still continued to do what you wanted to do? Well, I don't have a habit of having a particular type of food. Whatever I get, I make use of it. And so my husband also was not a very fussy person. And whatever I gave him, he said, if you can eat, I can also eat. That's so so I had an easy time. And so I asked all the husbands not to insist on their having the same food which they had when their mother was alive <laughs> and make the life of the wife miserable. She will also try hard to give the food that you like. She wouldn't like to give, you know, make you angry or unhappy with the food. So yes. she will be trying. And so if you help, uh, help in eating the food and they say that oh, it's very nice. It's better than yesterday. Mm. That much you can say. So then she will try to uh, make it in a different way. And that will keep her brain busy. <laughs> okay. So, 
you keep your mind active and engaged all the time how do you manage that i know you sing i know you play the piano is that your secret of living uh because i feel someone told me after 95 you can't sing you can't play you can't do anything but then i found that i was able to sing so i thought i'll continue to sing so i sang and also to play the piano i found that i could play on it and luckily uh, i saw my daughter had a, has a piano at home we've seen joint families become nuclear families uh, we, the cultural value system has significantly changed people's uh, perceived respect is not no longer there for elders it's more to do with transactions how have you imbibed that in the last couple of decades well i first of all i want a peaceful home uh when i got married i married i'm a bengali and i married a malayali from kerala you were anyway ahead of your times oh well i won't say that i was ahead of my time no there must be some others but they were uh, afraid now for a bengali to marry a malayali it's a lot of change no yes all the language the food but i said if i like a malayali boy or a tamilian boy i must find out what all things they do the food and all that and try to adjust to that so that there will be no trouble and um, also my husband won't feel awkward to offer something which i may not like i whatever they ate uh, with relish i also did whether i liked it or not just to show them that i am a, not a difficult person <laughs> i'm sure you're not but how have you continued keeping the mind engaged uh, and you love driving cars was what i've heard yes car was my car really, your passion yes and uh, and my husband didn't like it he <laughs> says it is dangerous and suppose some accident will happen now the doctor told me by 12 o'clock he must have this medicine and it was night you know and he had some laryngitis or something say if he doesn't get by 12 he might die i this was in nairobi okay and my husband wouldn't allow me to drive the car she said you don't have a license mm. so you can't drive so i said now who is going to buy the medicine <laughs> i have to go i know how to drive and uh, the first uh, license i got from one mr lion who was a british and very difficult man mm. and uh, so after i finished my test there was another european uh, man who was also examiner he says what ha- how have you fared i said oh very well ah huh? 
This is your first time and you said Mr. Lion has passed you? I said, yes. Ah, so you must have given him some cartons of beer. I said, not even one drop. <laughs> I didn't give him anything. I just drove the way he wanted me to drive. And um, <laughs> I was very afraid to turn left. You know, mm. all of a sudden you say, turn left, I, I, I think I would have failed. But I said, but we have passed that lane. No, there is no left turn here. It says no left turn. Mm. But like that, you know, I got my license. <laughs> I knew that I have, I have told a lie, but then what to do? Otherwise, I won't get the license. So when I had to buy the medicine at 12 o'clock at night, my husband said, no, I will go. I said, all right. He sat and he just fell on the wheel, steering wheel. He mm. couldn't. So then I helped him to come out. And I said, you just pray to God that nothing will happen to me or to the car. Mm. Then I know I didn't say car first, otherwise he'll be hurt. So he said, all right. So I went at 12 o'clock at night in Nairobi and I got the medicine and he was alive. Did you get the license to drive freely post that? Yeah, I said, you see, you didn't want me to drive. And today, if I didn't drive, I, you wouldn't be alive. <laughs> says, yeah. Aisha tells me that you've driven till the age of 90. Given a chance, I'm sure you will drive again today. Yes. So what's stopping you? Drive, but they stopped. My grandson, her daughter's son, he came from Australia and he said, Didu, you must stop driving now. So what are the favorite cars of yours? All the cars are my favorite. Whatever car I get, it's my favorite. It is the getting the car. That's the most important part. <laughs> that it's is not. Important. That's a great insight. Just the fact that you want to drive a car, irrespective of which brand it is, as long as it moves like a car is what gives you joy. So what's the maximum speed you've hit without telling anyone? Aisha is not listening. Well, uh, they used to tell me that I drive too fast and so I'll get into trouble. But they didn't know that I could control my speed. Yes, 120 in Nairobi because the children were, I was taking the children home from church and one car, the owner of the car, Mr. Abraham, didn't like to be over. Taken overtaken by a woman. <laughs> so children said, Ma, please, faster, faster. Uncle Abraham is catching you up. So I drove without thinking about any accident or anything. And so... So 120 miles is really quick. So Didu, you were up basically updated yourself with the times. I mean, your times would have been letters, letters to telegrams and phones. Then we moved to trunk calls, then cell phones. Today you're on a Zoom call with me to cover for a podcast. How amazing is that? I see. Well, I don't know whether I'm keeping up with the timing. Whatever 
uh, I have to do, I try to do. That is all. I don't uh, find out whether I'm doing higher things or lower things or the same so thing. Basically keeping up with the times. What's happening now is what is important. Yeah. But uh, one thing, now I'm, because I've become deaf, if people talk too fast, I am not able to catch it. Like just now, you whatever you said, I heard nothing. Okay, let me just... <laughs> <laughs> so what's your mantra for communication? How do you communicate with people so that they engage nicely with you? Yes, I like to talk to people because I learn a lot of things from talking to others. Like that, you are such a patient person. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even though I may not be able to understand everything that you are saying, but somehow I try not to say I can't, I didn't understand, I didn't follow because you are speaking very clearly and the way one should speak. Didu, I have a lot of things to learn from you. You've spent almost a hundred years on this planet and whatever you say is like, what's, it's like a gold mine. So Didu, tell me, were you a naughty girl when you were young? Very naughty. <laughs> but my mother didn't know how to manage me. So one day I was naughty, so grandmother said, beat her up. You know, they had the hand fan mm. made from the palmera leaf. Yes, I recall. Have yes, I've seen, seen those. Yes, I used to pack her. Ah, pack pack her. her, yes. And, and then Ma um, says, what to do with her? So grandmother used to beat her up. And Ma used to say, she's so thin. How to beat her up? So then master says, all right, I'll lock you up in the storeroom. So she locked me in the storeroom. I went on kicking the door and crying. And then, you know, all of a sudden I stopped. So master says, oh, Ma, let me open the storeroom and see whether she's alive or the snake has beaten her. So grandmother said she stopped because she's up to some mischief. You don't worry. But my mother said, no, no, I must see what is happening. Why is she so quiet? So she opened the store door and I was facing the door and sitting on the mound of rice, dal, chili, and uh, coriander uh, seeds. I made everything now a mound and I was sitting on the mound and with my legs stretched out and when my mother opened the storeroom door, I said, why did you lock me? So I was like that. Did you? Always up to mischief. When Pardon? did you come to Chennai? Madras? 15 years ago. And uh, like you rightly said, you adapt to wherever you go. So all the nice things of Chennai, you adapted very nicely. Well, everywhere there is nice things and bad things. But people, I try to forget the bad things. Because if you think, remember the bad things, your mind will be bad. And uh, you will look 
bad also. <laughs> oh, you have to be thinking of nice things to look nice, but I don't know whether I look nice you now. Look absolutely splendid. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Physically, how do you keep yourself active now? Well, I, I, I feel I should do something to help my daughter. And uh, so I do something and then she will come and say, Ma, why did you do this? There was no need for it. So I said, no, it, I need it for my mind to be kept occupied. Yes, that's very important. Yes, so if you keep your mind occupied always uh, doing or thinking something good. Do you also read a lot? Yes, I read the newspaper from top to bottom, unnecessarily things also I read. And what I like, I read them again. So whatever you do not like in a newspaper, you ignore it. Bad news. Bad news. Uh, all news I read. And I, the bad news, I feel that, oh God, please make their minds all right so that they won't do it again. So this lockdown, how is it disrupting your entire schedule? Yeah, I'm sorry. I have to ask you to repeat. Okay, no worries. This lockdown, COVID-19, because now we can't step out as easily as we used to earlier. You would have to spend more time not being able to meet people. How has it disrupted your life? And how are you dealing with it? I, I don't compare my life before and life now. I feel I'm happy now. And that is enough. So you're living life moment by moment. And that's like a philosophy. A lot of us are talking and you are living it. I mean, that's the secret of your longevity. Talking like the uh, express train. <laughs> <laughs> go like the good train. I shall go like a good train. I will go not even go like a train. I'll go like a bullock cart. So you're right in terms of, but are you taking any precaution? What precaution? Wearing the mask so my son-in-law and my daughter, they're all the time putting it on me. And uh, when someone comes, then my son-in-law will come first to me and with the mask. <laughs> so tell us something. You are a freedom fighter. So tell us some episode of during those times. Yes, freedom struggle. So they were taking... Um, jathas hmm. and every time in the jathas there will be some fighting with the other group so I used to be in, in, in front and when I felt that they are going to quarrel I used to stop them so that was the work I did and then if someone got hurt take take that child or the man who is hurt to the hospital and put him in the right place and then again come to see if they are fighting. So that is how I did my fighting. I didn't go about only speaking about what we should do 
uh, when we get independence and all that. I didn't do all that, but I did the physical work of saving people. That's... I don't know. Am I clear? Absolutely, absolutely. And how do you keep your mind engaged? Any advice on that? Well, I in my with, I sing in my mind some of the songs. With, uh, I don't want to disturb anyone, so I sing in my mind and uh, try to find out what I can do to help my daughter. But my daughter doesn't want me to do anything. He said, there is no need for you to, you have worked enough. I am very fond of darning. Oh, nice. Mending clothes. If you have any, you I'll can send it to you. I'll do that right away. <laughs> <laughs> because I done it very well so that you can't make out that it is done. And you can use that dress again for some more time. I still cook. I read the newspaper from beginning to the end. You read the And novel. read books also. I, oh. I'm also writing, not biography, just what happening, daily happening. You're maintaining a diary? Uh, yes, I sort of. Are you going to publish it? Not actually. No, no, I'm not thinking of publishing anything. Oh, I might. <laughs> my daughter might. <laughs> But when my husband was alive, I used to write the diary very regularly. Did you share it with him or that was your secret? No, no. It was a sort of half secret and half because if I wanted to hide it, then he will be after it. <laughs> no. So I used to keep it in front of him so that he won't be interested in seeing what I'm writing. <laughs> <laughs> so everything I will begin with nice thing about him. So he will think that all along I'm writing only the nice things about him. But he was not, he was a good husband. <laughs> so there was nothing wrong I could write about him. Yeah, I, I mean, I used to be very religious before. Now, sometimes, you know, I don't read it. Then I tell myself, so you'll go to the hell. You better read your Bible. So then I will take the Bible and read. But before I was very prompt, first thing to do was to read the Bible and say your prayers. I pray. I say my prayers when I get up. And what I used to pray when I was small, that prayer I pray, Oh Lord my God, to Thee I pray when from my bed I rise, that all I do and all I say be pleasing in Thine eyes. Jesus said, Amen. That's so lovely. So like we say, you do respect heaven, but you are very happy here as well. Yes, I, I have never been unhappy anywhere. So wherever you go, you create heaven. Yes. I find uh, things to do and if there is something which is troubling me, I try to uh, change it and not get uh, upset.
I, I, when I was 92, I acted in the pantomime. And in 89, or oh, acted in the commercial. But I, I always wanted to be a film star. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, some um, producers, he wanted me to act in three Bengali films. They saw one picture and where I looked very nice. Aisha, where is that picture? Yeah, yeah I saw the picture. That's why I was wondering. I mean, you should have been an actress anyway. Absolutely like stunning. If I was your age, I would have married you then. So that <laughs> producer wanted to act in three of his films. But my mother said that, you know, you have a daughter, she won't get married. They will say she is the daughter of an actress. So I said, it's all right. And I was also very lazy, you know. I said, then I have to learn by heart. And so it is all right. But now I feel like, yes, I should act in a film. <laughs> now when all my features have become bad and... So I think I can act as a... Oh, you're still woman. a gorgeous lady. <laughs> so in one of my earlier podcasts, I'd mentioned the Japanese saying, only by staying active would you want to live a hundred years. So Didu, you brought that alive today on this podcast. It's been an enchanting conversation. And Didu, please don't stop spinning. Thank you. Well, you are a nice person. That is why I felt like talking to you. I liked your face. And if I were a young, probably I would have proposed instead of your proposing <laughs> me. That's oh. the spirit. <laughs> so the secret of longevity is leading a happy life. Living in the present, holding no grudges, and forgiving all and moving on. Let bygones be bygones. Adapt to change as the environment is changing rapidly. Happiness is living every moment, moment by moment. This is Ruben J. Pandian, and I am fit. <laughs>